Welcome to the 2017 NSH Poster Podcast Series. My name is Gail Callis, and I'm a member of NSH, a regular presenter at the NSH Annual Symposium Convention, and currently serve as editor for the Journal of Histotechnology. Last year, NSH launched its first poster podcast series, bringing outstanding research and science from the exhibit hall to a larger audience. We are thrilled to bring this popular series back and know you will enjoy listening to the poster presenters learn something new and share their information with others. New episodes will be released each week from November through December. Thanks for listening and science on by presenting a poster with a podcast next year. Hi, this is Michelle Hart. I'm sitting here with Mr. Alfonso Harris talking about his poster titled P-3 Automated 5-Minute Mohs Immunohistochemistry. Alfonso, how would you describe your level of poster presentation knowledge? Um, as a researcher, first at DACO in the 90s and now at BioSB in the 2000s, I have have the, pl- the privilege to be exposed to a lot of technologies, not only to learn about technologies, but to develop technologies, mainly in the, uh, the area of molecular pathology. So putting together a poster is an experience in itself where one considers the title, an introduction, a description of the material and methods, and then we generate results and conclude about the specifics of the poster. Does this specific poster regarding Mohs immunohistochemistry differ from other posters that you've presented? I think one of the uh, considerations is very personal. A year ago, I had a MOS surgery myself. I have been a scientist for 30 years in the area of immunohistochemistry, fish, fish, molecular pathology, but this hit, hit uh, hit me really close, and I realized that the way we're doing most nowadays is rather primitive, and there is technology to improve accuracy in the way we do business with moss, and I talked to my dermatologist about the fact that I, I, I thought that we can do better than what we're currently doing, just H&E, and also doing immunochemistry of moss, especially with melanomas, that takes 30 to 45 minutes. Now we can do it in five minutes. I had a a pathologist who, I wanted to address what you said about, you had a situation that led kind of to this poster, and I had a a really great pathologist that I was working under, and he said, that's when the best creativity for whether it be a poster or a PowerPoint or anything, it needs to come with something that you have a passion about. And I think that's what I hear from you. Yeah, um, I realize that the area of moss uh, has not been fully developed. And the technology does exist now with new polymers and enzymes and technology to be able to develop a technology that is fast, that is automated, that is efficient, and hopefully will contribute to increase the level of objectivity of establishing clear margins for moss, not only for melanoma, but also 
for Merkel cell carcinoma, squamous cell carcinoma, basal cell carcinomas that are currently being dealt with with simple H&E. In my opinion, that's not a very objective way to assess clear margins for most surgery. What is the first thing that you want people to see when they look at your poster? The one thing that I want them to see is that technology is driving progress. And the technology that applies to this specific poster is driven by the uh, advances in micropolymer technology. Now we have an FAB, anti-mouse, anti-rabbit uh, polymer or micropolymer that has an enormous amount of enzymes and that allows us to carry out reactions in very fast times to a point that we can apply an antibody for one minute and detect it for one minute with this type of micropolymer, then generate a chromogenic reaction. And at the end, we have an instrument where you can apply a simple slide, fix it for two minutes in acetone, and then in five minutes, generate a immunohistochemical reaction that can be read right away while the patient is waiting for the result and whether or not they need another round on moss or they they're done and we then have a higher level of accuracy with regards to uh, uh, a more confident diagnosis. Uh, were there any surprises when you were doing your research? Yes. I, 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 one of the issues that we faced was getting frozen tissues. That was very difficult. We had a, a lot of experience from form, using formal infects, paraffin-embedded tissues, both uh, tissue microarrays or melanomas. And we did a lot of the initial optimization in this kind of tissues. Then we tried to reach out to different moss uh, institutions and it was rather difficult to get the level of collaboration we needed. We are experts in the protein chemistry and development of different assays, but we need to interact with uh, companies or institutions that are doing research, and it has been a, a little frustrating and difficult to establish that connection that enable us to get the samples we need and also provide uh, technology to these institutions that are the ones uh, doing the, the clinical applications of technology. So that's been a, a rather been a, a difficult situation. When someone walks away from your poster, what three to five words should they think about? They should think about the potential of establishing a faster, better technology and the fact that we do have the potential to integrate better technologies into the laboratory that will benefit thousands, millions of people and, and not only in moss but in different areas. I can think of breast cancer as being one area where uh, sometimes uh, uh, lumpectomies, you know, uh, need to be repeated because no clear margins have been assessed properly, and then the patient needs to have an extra surgery. So these are the type of situations that I feel 
what we're doing hopefully will we'll, we'll make a difference and create a contribution. If you had to do a follow project, what would that project be? The follow-up project for this will be to perfect the technology. At this point, it's, it's, it's an its inception and we need to make sure that it's properly validated. In order to properly validate the technology and make it an in vitro diagnostic test, we need to do validation studies, reproducibility studies, we need to do precision studies, and and we need to prefer perfect the instrument as well as get feedback on whether or not that instrument will be able to run one or two or five or ten different samples at once or independently. So there is a lot of work that needs to be done. This is only the beginning, but we're confident that this is an area that has not been addressed, that we feel that uh, has the potential to make a difference and make it better and, and more precise. What are two to three major tips you would share with someone that is considering submitting a poster at next year's convention, like myself, someone who has never done, I've never done a poster before. So what recommendations and helpful hints would you be able to share with me in order to make a poster for next year? Number one, I believe it's very important that you focus yourself, if you like research, to do things that you feel a passion for, that you feel you have knowledge and you're open to expand that knowledge. Doing a poster involves reading articles about technologies that have been used before, learning about other posters and publications so that you know the structure of a scientific poster, considering from the proper title that reflects the objective of the poster, the abstract, the introduction, uh, material methods, uh, results, even biostatistics, and conclusions, and, and, and cite all this bibliography. So at the, end, at the end of the day, I feel that it's important not only to be open about expanding your knowledge in a specific area of research, but also putting your heart into it, and you'll be surprised of how uh, rewarding the experience can be, because it's not only... The poster is not the culmination of that research, but it may be the beginning of, of something that can advance to higher levels. Thank you, Doctor. It has been a pleasure interviewing you. It's been a pleasure meeting you. And it's also been a pleasure listening uh, regarding your poster. And you have uh, broadened my knowledge regarding Mohs and immunohistochemistry. And I, for that, I thank you. Thank you very much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. No, mine all. All mine. Thank you. I teach um, students in the, when I'm, we're in the clinical side sure. of hist histo uh, technology. Sure. And one of our clinic, we have actually two clinical sites that are Mohs. And, you know, so I'm going to share some of, you know, hey, this is an option if you don't mind if I pass oh, not your, at all. Your, your information. Maybe they would want to reach out a doctor's sure. office. I'm on the East Coast. Sure. Um, so this is in Delaware. Okay. And, uh, you know, maybe they would benefit, you know. By all means. Yeah. You know, Again, this is a, an ongoing project. This is sort of mm -hmm. the beginning of this project. We still have a lot of uh, uh, learning to do by experimentation. And again, the limitation for us is frozen sections of basal cell carcinomas, 
or melanomas or different conditions that can potentially be used for moss. And then, you know, once we, and the collaboration is not only for, for us to receive something, but to return it so that the person doing the interpretation in the clinical setting can then give us feedback and right. say, you know, right. like, should we use uh, alphas red or DAB brown, which has issues because it's brown and therefore you have melanin and other components that can interfere with the proper uh, interpretation? Or uh, should we do aqueous mounting to do it faster? Can we do, instead of hematoxylin, can we do uh, a green color and contrasting with nuclear fast red? So there are a lot of issues that we don't know because we need someone in the clinical setting to help us. And, and so far, right now, we began working with Huntsman uh, Cancer Research Center in Utah, Dr. Glenn Bowen, and we are in conversations with Harvard, um, the women's uh, hospital that has a MOSS center, mm -hmm. and we're hoping but, but there are issues with uh, the provision of biological specimens. Uh, we already have a protocol, and we are already have submitted all the information. But so far, nothing has happened. And you know, it's been a few months, so it's a little frustrating because we we'll would like to move forward a little faster. But by the same token, you know, um, while doing this project, um, we realize that it's right on our alley, and it's an area that uh, I'm still surprised in the 21st century that we are do, you, doing H&E to assess clear margins on a melanoma. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Every day. And, Every day. And, and I know there are uh, limitations in investment and cost and all that, but uh, I, I feel those can be reimbursed and and a lot of uh, laboratories are not doing uh, immunohistochemistry and only doing H&E. And I believe we need to put a more objective face to MOSS and move from H&E into a molecular so diagnosis. Like for, you know, I know of uh, the H&E, then followed by a MART, MART 1, HMB 45, you know, things like that for IHC, so. Yeah, because it's more accurate when you have very small little cells here and there, and mm -hmm. and you want to make sure that you, there is no, uh, that the patient does not need to return because, you know. And that's the, that's the ultimate goal. Exactly. The ultimate goal. Yeah. And I think and this is something that is also personal. My um, ex-wife underwent four uh, lumpectomies, and the, the last one was a mastectomy. And initially we thought, oh, just with the biopsy, maybe we eliminated you know, the presence of the breast cancer. But no, it turned out to be very much disseminated. And she had to undergo you know, this gnarly procedures four times, and, and I think we can do better. Yes. And that's the one area I would like to go after later, meaning this is not 
just a little project, but this is a project that I believe now that we have learned how to manipulate the technology, the protein chemistry, the micropolymers, the enzymes, the amount we need to put to generate um, highly sensitive specific reaction. Now we can expand it to other areas that we may not even know because I, I'm a re, I'm a I'm a scientist. So, but obviously, you know, at the end we need to team up with um, clinicians that know where the applications of this technology may lay. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Because I mean, we're all here for for the same for, for the patient, and yeah. uh, just. Yeah, so it's it's been wonderful talking with you. Well, same here. I mean, thank you so much. It's been, it's been a yeah. pleasure. So I, you so have I my... chose your poster when the list because I I have an interest in that. Okay. And and most because when I tell the students, you know, it's such a growing field. Sure. And, and whatnot. It's been wonderful. Thanks for listening to this episode of Histo Talks. To hear more great episodes, check us out on Podbean, The Block, or iTunes. Keyword. Histotox. Talks.